Oh, hey, welcome this morning. So good to see everybody with us today. Um, welcome to New Life Church. If you're fairly new here, I'm Jeremy Smith, lead pastor. And it's an honor and it's a joy to have you guys with us today. And uh, God has so many great things ahead for us as his church, as part of his church. And I'm excited for what lies ahead for New Life Church and the various ways God has plans for us and the way he wants to use each and every one of our lives. Listen, if you would, if, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If you're using your smartphones or what have you, you can click to the New Testament to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 will be our main text today. I want to say hi to all of you watching online. We appreciate you taking the time to join us wherever you are at this morning. And it again, it's a honor to have all of you with us in person today. Uh, this last, uh, the last two weeks, uh, we did um, a little mini-series on our core values. We, we shared two of our six, and uh, about ki- being kingdom-minded and being discipleship-driven in our life, and those are some core values, two core values here at New Life Church. We're going to plan to sprinkle a few more of those in and reinforce those core values uh, over the coming weeks in the first Uh, remaining half of this year, Um, but we started the year out with a theme called Moving Forward God's Way, and just we're going to travel this year together as a church looking through Scripture and looking through the lens of God's Word as to how He would like to move our life forward, and you know, you know, the Bible tells us this about about God is that His ways are higher and His thoughts are perfect, and uh, even though we, we might believe strongly in our ways and have strong views and our thoughts, they don't match the comparison to the Lord. And when we get a hold of what God thinks and the way God views us and how he looks at life for us, it, it makes it all the difference. And so that's kind of, that's really the central theme, the thread of, of this year as we look ahead to the remaining of 2022 and taking day by day, uh, step by step, uh, looking ahead and moving forward God's way. And we're going to start a new series today called Remaining Faithful to God's Way. Remaining Faithful to God's Way. Join with me in 2 Timothy. Let's look at these first two verses of chapter 1 to set this up today. It says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. So I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith, in Christ Jesus. So I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. So this letter is written by the Apostle Paul around AD 66, uh, and it was probably his last letter that was ever written. He wrote it from the prison in Rome shortly before his execution, and he wrote it in a very personal way to Timothy, who was his young protege, if you will, uh, someone whom he chose and who he picked to be in the mission of sharing the gospel with him, someone he established to be a pastor in the city of Ephesus on one of his missionary travels. And so this, this young man, Timothy, he spent a lot of time with him, and you can, as we go through this, uh, these four chapters over the next few weeks, you're going to see how personal it was, how he shares his heart, and how he brings up things in their, in their life together. And, and one of the things I, I want to I take the liberty in 
is um, as he writes, that he wrote this letter to Timothy, as I mentioned, and really kind of the, the central stone, if you will, the cornerstone of this letter is found in chapter 3, verse 14. I, I don't have it on the screen for you, but this is what it says. He, Paul says, Timothy, you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. And so he writes this personal letter to Timothy, who is a pastor, but he's a person at the same time, who experiences the difficulties of life, the challenges of pastoring and ministering in the church, and the city of Ephesus is fairly large, and all different types of things happening. And he encourages him, and he writes to him to remain faithful in this last day, because chapter 3 opens up and talks about in the last days, it will be challenging. There will be difficulty, and certainly if he wrote it then as being the last days and being challenging and difficult, what will that be for us now today? Certainly more uh, true, and to remain faithful. And so I want to I take the liberty and say it this way, is try to receive this letter to your own life in a personal way. Consider yourself reading this letter for the first time that the Apostle Paul took the time to handwrite and send, and God gets it to you uh, so many years later, and you're able to hear it, you're able to read it, and you're able to receive it in a, in a very personal way. He says to Timothy, Timothy, there's life, but then there's, then there's life with the promise of faith in Christ Jesus. Folks, there's life that we are all living, but then there's also a life that we can all live with the promise that we put our faith in Christ Jesus and how that changes everything and how that, that completely changes our life. Because we can either live life without Christ or we can live life learning to live with Jesus in the center of our life. As the song we just closed with, I give you my worship, I, no one can do it for me. No one can worship God for you. No one could put their personal, your personal faith for you in Christ. Only you and I can do that for ourselves. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, there's life, but then there's life that's promised in faith through Christ Jesus. So the question is, hey, where's your faith? And the follow-up to that is, in whom are you putting your faith? And he says, I write this to you, Timothy, and again, as a personal way of looking at it. Put your name where Timothy's name is. I write to you, Jeremy. I write to you, Becky. I write to you, Rodney. I write to you, Ethan. I write to you. And it's personal. All of the world that we live in has its fair share of issues and problems and struggles. And they may not all affect us personally, but they all have an effect on a person. And then you zoom in and you see our own life, your life, my life, and we have our own set of issues, our own set of struggles, our own personal set of setbacks, our own things that you and I are dealing with and facing on a day-to-day -day basis. And the question remains, how then can you and I 
as followers of Jesus, how can we remain faithful in these last days? How can we? Well, Paul goes on in this first chapter, and that's the only part we're going to cover today, at least that's the plan, is he shares three things that I I, want to share with you today that on the surface, if you read them, they sound so super simple. And how many times do we hear something so super simple that we tend to dismiss it? But if we'll take the time today to look under the water and see the bigger picture, to see the big part of the iceberg, if you will, that's underneath the surface, we'll see that it is packed with some super spiritual things. And that's what I've titled today's message, Super Simple and Super Spiritual. Let's look at this. Verse 3. Paul writes, Timothy, again, put your name. I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I'll let you in on the secret here. It's not a secret because you can keep reading, but he says three things that he remembers. The first one is he says, I remember you in my prayers. I think One way we can, one takeaway from this that we can have today in what Paul is expressing to Timothy, and I remember you in my prayers, is that as believers, as followers, as disciples of Jesus, as Christians, we can pray for each other more than we do now. I mean, life's busy, right? We all got our calendars. We all got our schedules. We, are, we all have our deadlines. We all have our to-dos. We all have things that we had planned, and then things get put on that planned list that we didn't plan for it to be there to begin with. Anybody, anybody in the last three to five weeks deal with some things, wrestle with some things, struggle with some things, go through some things that just wasn't on your New Year's list? Like, that wasn't on my list. I came in with high hopes beginning of January, coming into that church-wide prayer and fast, and had high hopes, feeling expectation, feeling hopeful, man, feeling full of faith, and it wasn't but about a week into that that, man, life started to deflate. It's like someone stuck a massive pinhole in my balloon, and just, it just flew all over the place. You, you know, you ever see those confetti balloons? Somehow, someway, we had about five or six of those in our house. I think it was for one of our kids' birthdays that we celebrated. And somehow, we let them keep those confetti balloons. And I've slowly been finding them in the home and, 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 and cutting the tops and letting the air out slowly so no one would hear it and let that confetti go in the garbage can. Well, yesterday, my youngest thought it would be fun to pop one. There was one still remaining, being faithful, hiding in our home. And confetti was all over the bedroom. Well, that's fine. It's just I tasked her with, before you leave today to go play and have fun with your cousin, you have to clean all the confetti up, okay? Well, that motivated her because she wanted to go be and play with her cousin, so it was not really a big issue to clean confetti up. But that's kind of how the first part of this year has been for so many of us. Things we did not expect happened. And here is a mess. It's not always a fun mess, is it? 
It's not always a confetti mess, but it happens. And Paul writing here, reminding us, hey, we can pray for each other more than we do now. What can we pray? What, what do you mean pray for each other? How does my prayer make a difference in someone else's life? Well, let's look at a thought here in James chapter 5. We're going to first look at the NLT version, and then we're going to compare it to the way the message says it. Just a little comparison of translations. James 5, verse 16, he says, Confess your sins to each other, and then broadcast it all over the place. I just want to make sure you were listening, okay. Confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other. Now, some people confuse the word pray for each other as a chance to go tell somebody else somebody else's problems. Well, you know what so-and-so's going through? Girl, let me tell you this. I don't know why I said girl. I don't know why I put girls in that. Guy, let me tell you. Because guys can talk too, right? God, let, forgive me for that. We can all talk sometimes. Let me just step back to the text. Pray for each other so that I can keep my job here so that you may be healed. <laughs> says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. And he gives this example. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Zero in on, he was as human as we are. Look at the message translation. It should be on the screen. Look at this. He said, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did, and the showers came, and everything started growing again. The earnest prayer of a person who is in love with Jesus, who is living for the Lord, who is trying to follow him. I'm not saying you're perfect, none of us are, but our direction of our life is in Christ. Our prayers, your prayers. You don't have to have a title, you don't have to have a degree, you don't have to be well known and famous in the Christian world. You just need to have your heart linked with God and any prayer you pray to God has great power. Don't underestimate your prayers. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers. A person who just is living for the Lord has powerful results in their prayer. And sometimes when we pray for others, we may not always know the results and not always know how it always turns out, but just know, God has a way of working it out. 
What can we pray for one another? What, what should I pray for, for a coworker? What should I pray for a friend? What should I pray for a fellow church member? What, who, what should I pray? How? And let's look at this. Third John, verse 2. John the Apostle writes this in the New Living Translation. Then we're going to compare it in the message. He said, Dear friend, I hope, and other, another translation says, I pray all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Look at the message up with me on the screen. It says, The pastor to my good friend Gaius, how truly I love you. We're the best of friends. And I pray for good fortune in everything you do and for your good health and that your everyday affairs prosper as well as your soul. Now, there are multiple prayers in the Bible, but just think about that one prayer. I have found myself going to that for different people at different times, at different times, praying. I pray that this person would be healthy in their spirit, in their soul, and in their body. I pray that this person would be fervent in their love for you, that their soul would experience your strength and your encouragement, and that their bodies would be protected and they will function and be able to accomplish the purpose that you created them for. That's kind of the way I would pray that. It's kind of what the way my heart would lead me to pray that. So think about your prayers for other people. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to have master of divinity behind your name to read the Bible, to study the Bible, to understand the Bible. All you need is a heart with God, and the Holy Spirit will help you and lead you and teach you and guide you into all things that are true and listen to the word of the teachings that take place in your life, and God will help you and travel through Scripture, and you will begin to grow, and you will begin to have faith, and you will begin to develop, you will begin to mature, you will, your life will begin to take off, your prayer life will take off, your worship life will take off, your giving life will take off, your serving life will take off, your love life will take off, all these different things will take off for you just as we begin to just have a heart that wants to live for the Lord. It all is not going to happen overnight. It's not, it's not the power, you know, the power ball and the numbers that come on the screen and you win or you don't win. It takes a daily, daily, daily determination to just walk with the Lord. Some days stink. Some days are hard. Some days are rough. Some days you're like, i just rather have not done today, but today is the day, and I'm going to lay down, and I'm done with today. And then other days, man, you're rocking it. You're just in faith. No matter what happens, the people pull out in front of you. The people mess up your order, and you get it all wrong. You just don't care. You just have love. You just have grace. You just have kindness. And that's the days of life. But think about what's happening behind the scenes. I pray for you that you will have good fortune in everything you do, that your health would be good, and that your everyday affairs would prosper. Somebody is praying something like that for you every day. Every day. So the action point is this. Paul telling Timothy as he's locked in prison, about to be executed in Rome. Personal letter. I remember you in my prayers day and night. 
Church, you and I can pray for each other more than we do now. And here's the action point. This week, by the way, each of these three points are going to have an action point. I'll just set you, I'll just set you up for that. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I want all of us, every single one of us, pick one person that you will pray for every day for one week. Pick one person that you will pray for every day for the next week. Someone in your own home, someone on your job, student, someone in your school, someone in this church. You can pick more than one, but I'm just going to ask you, let's all just pick one person to pray for every day for the next week. And these build and add to each other. Verse 4, Paul writes, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your tears But I will also be filled with joy when we are together again. I think a takeaway from this is that church, you and I, we can connect and check on each other more than we do now. Again, this is such, has such, it's so super simple. And because it can sound so super simple, we don't always do it, right? We don't always check on each other. We don't always make it a point to try to connect with each other. Now, let me tell you this. Because of the last two years of pandemic life, of cutting off, isolating, disconnecting, all the different things, whatever it is, it has happened. It has become harder to reconnect in person with people. It has become more difficult to try to formulate conversations with people in person. We've hid behind screens, we've hid behind doors, we've hid behind masks, we've hid behind others, and it has become more and more challenging more and more challenging. And I'm not going to say it's, just, it's going to get easier, but what I will say is we need and we must, as the church, put more, put more effort in being intentional in connecting and checking on one another. Look at this that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus where Timothy was pastoring in chapter 4, Ephesians 4. It's on the screen, look at it, it says, God makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When each part is in its place, when each part of the church is functioning where they're gifted, and where they're called to be. Look at what is added, what is multiplied to the individual, to the body of believers, and ultimately to the communities around. 
how we all are affected in such a positive way when we're all where God wants us to be. And when we get a hold of that, and we won't let go of that, and we will make it our core conviction that I'm going to connect and I'm going to check in with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Action point. That person you're going to pray for, some of you probably already have a person in mind, that person that you're going to pray for at least every day for the next week, the action point is connect and check on that one person at least one time this week. Okay? So the person you're going to pray for, that I'm going to pray for, we're going to make it a point to try to connect and check in on that one person. Introvert or extrovert, the Bible calls each of us to connect, okay? I know it can be challenging for different levels of different ones of us. I did not ever in my entire 46 years of life so far ever think... I would be a preacher and I would stand in front of people and then be on camera and other people see it. I can't stand my voice. And then I'm insecure on top of that. I'm thinning in my hair. I know. I know. I see it on camera, I'm like, good Lord, man. Becky tries her hardest to make my hair look good. And I'm sorry, I can't give you any more help than I can give you. Like, if I could just meet up with her every morning and let her do my hair, oh, it would be a wonderful place, you know? But I try real hard. And then we just... All these things happen. All these things happen. But here's the thing. If we will take the time to pray for one, and and again, I'm not giving you this as insinuating no one is, is not doing this. I just want want us all collectively here in our church. And if you're new here, hey, you don't have to do this. No one has to do this. But I'm going to challenge every single one of us to at least practice this spiritual component, this super simple yet super spiritual part of God's Word. To take the time to pray for one person every day for the next week and then to connect and check on that one person. However you want to connect and check with them, whatever it is for you, if you just call them, if you just text them, or if you, you know, send them a private message or whatever, I don't care. Just check on them. Let them know, hey, I'm praying for you and I'm checking on you. Is there anything specific that I can be praying for you about? Okay? Then it comes to the last part, verse 5 and 6. Paul says, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. That's a verse that we've come to a couple times so far in these first 
six, seven, eight weeks of, of life in this new year. But he says, I remember your genuine faith. And I, I reflect on how it was, it's three generations deep. Your grandmother, your mother, and now that faith is in you, Timothy. And he said, that is why I'm taking the time to write a personal letter to you to remind you to keep your faith on fire, to not let it go out, to not let it grow cold, to not let life and ministry and issues of whatever is going on around you and with you to to, to quench the fire of the Lord that lives on the inside of you. Timothy, I, I can only say what I can say to try to get you to get this and he, can, and he writes that to us today, that I'm, I, I remember your faith. He says, Timothy, is three generations. There are people in your past, and there's going to be people in your future who will depend on your faith, who will feed off of your faith. And friend, I want to tell you that today. There are people in your circle, in your present, and there will be people in your future that you have no knowledge of, that none of us do, but we are called and God calls us, and Paul writes this to us, keep the fire of faith stirred up in you because people in your path depend on it. There are people who depend on your faith. And I'm not saying you've got to be you know, zealous and over the top and you know, charismatic and flamboyant or any of that kind of stuff. You be you, but let the faith of God be real on the inside of you. And you do what God has called you to do, and you be who he's called you to be, and you live the life he's called you to live while doing it every single day, knowing this, people are watching. People are looking. There was a person who stopped by the office uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Haley and I were standing there, and they were just encouraging us for a moment, and they said, I've noticed how the two of you, when you come to, because uh, our office here uh, as well, our church office is here and in the school office, and uh, they said, I noticed when you guys come, you come separate. Miss Haley, you come early, do your thing, and then I see Pastor Jeremy, you come a little later, and you bring the kids and get them dropped off or what have you. They said, I just, that just means a lot to me as a parent, seeing how you guys work together and giving each other the space and doing what you need to do. And that meant a lot to me to, to, that someone noticed that. But at the same time, I said, well, listen, by the, I said, it took, it took me just getting over my selfishness to give my wife that 30-minute drive every morning to her, for herself and me get the kids and get them to school. I said, I hadn't always been that way. And, and I can't tell you that every day, you know, I don't need my own time, but I get time. I get some quiet time. And here's the thing. You never know who's watching. And you never know what gesture that is going on in your life that someone takes note of and it is an encouragement to them. Nothing super spiritual in driving the kids to school, playing Hamilton, in the Heights, Sometimes some old school, Michael Jackson. We try to keep it real super spiritual sometimes. But in that super simple act, somebody saw some super spiritual something. I sure wasn't trying for it. It just happened. And that's often the times where God is magnified the most in our, as James put it last week, in the mundane parts of our life. When we didn't have to, we didn't add anything to it. But it was all the Lord who can magnify Himself in and through any one of our broken lives. You see, you don't have to be perfect. Trust me. 
I got a long list of not being perfect. You just got to be a person who just wants to live for the Lord and how God can use you to encourage somebody else. Never underestimate the power of simple encouragement. Action point. That person you're praying for this week, that person you're going to check on this week, the action point is this. Take the time to personally encourage them this week. At least just one time. However you do it. You can send them a handwritten note, a card. You can text them if you got their number. You can message them on social media. You can old-fashioned call. Call somebody. Uh, Whatever, however you need to do that. Invite them over for dinner. Go out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Coffee. Whatever it is. Take the time on that person you're praying for and you're checking on to actually say a word of encouragement because you just never know what your word of encouragement will do for somebody. You just never know. There are days that I tell the Lord, sometimes it's rough and hard, and there will always be somebody get a word of encouragement to me somehow. They may have not known they did it, had known they had done that, but I'll hear it or I'll read it or, or something and it'll get to my heart. You just never know. And I want to encourage you in that. Never underestimate the power of simple encouragement. In fact, that's how Paul, we'll close with this. That's how Paul ends this first chapter. Look at this with me, verse 15. <clears throat> Again, he's writing, has written to Timothy, to you, me. He said, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. Even Fugilus and Hermogenes has has gone. They left me. He said, may the Lord show special kindness to Anisephorus and all his family because he often visited, here it is, and encouraged me. He never was ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And to Timothy, he says, you know very well how helpful he was to you there in Ephesus. Onesephorus' name means prophet bringer. What kind of prophet did he bring Paul? Encouragement. Other translations will say, he often refreshed me. Often refreshed me. And the Greek meaning in that means this, to cool off and to recover from the effects of heat, to recover my breath, to catch my breath, to be a breath of fresh air. 
There, there is no, nothing like when you are parched, when you are weary, when, when, you, when you are down, when you are weak, when, when, when you just don't feel like, man, I don't think I can keep going in this thing. How somebody can say some word of encouragement to you and how immediately it will lift your spirit. Immediately it will pull your soul up. The Lord sends people to encourage. And Paul, ending that part of the letter to Timothy, he said, I'm, I'm encouraging you to keep the fire of faith fanned into flame. And then he said, let me just tell you about how it happened to me. Onesephorus came, he searched for me everywhere, wasn't ashamed that I was locked up. No. He often visited. He often encouraged me. He often refreshed my heart. Never underestimate the power of a simple encouragement. Never underestimate that. Three super simple thoughts Paul writes and shares. Pray for one another. Check on one another. Encourage one another. Church, how come we make it so hard sometimes? Three things we all need. We need, our, we need somebody to pray for us. We all need somebody to check on us. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how stone-walled you can be. Your heart needs somebody to check on you. And we all need somebody to encourage us. you know what we're all called to do that for each other praying for each other checking on each other encouraging each other sounds so super simple God I ain't got time for that so easy caveman can do it that's what the old Geico commercial said I dated myself But man, walking out the super simple leads to super spiritual outcomes. Man. Trying not to force anything here. I just I just feel so swelled up in my heart for you today, church. Some of you've been holding on for a long time. I almost didn't recognize you. I feel like there is a change in your future that's going to lighten your load. The heaviness and the burdens that you've been holding on and carrying, not that you wanted to, it's just they were there in your life. They existed. I feel like there's about to become a lift off of you. And it's nothing you're going to have to do. It's just going to allow you to keep cons- uh, continually surrendering to the Lord. And let the word of hope and encouragement for you today be, God sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not invisible to him. You don't just blend in. No, he sees you. 
He sees you and He knows. It's not over. It's not over. There's more that God has for you. There's more. Tina, there's more for you. There's been a season in your life where you've had to just kind of be sitting, existing, feeling like, man, what is my purpose? What can I do? I want to help. I want to reach out. I want to do, but I don't feel like I have it in me. And the Lord says, your season is changing. Let the word of encouragement for you to be today be, he sees in your future. And he says, because you have not despaired, even though you wanted to, but you have not despaired. You have kept on keeping on. Even sometimes it feels like you're hanging on by a thread. The Lord says, I have seen your struggle, but I'm about to strengthen your walk. I have seen your struggle, and I'm about to strengthen your walk because there are people in your near future that your heart is just going to almost want to leap out of your chest because you care so much, and God's going to put the resources in your hands to be able to be a help to other people. There is a season of change coming for you, and it has light and it has life. It has light and it has life. There's more that God has for you. I'm trying to be sensitive because I know so many of you and I don't want to just jump off in, the, in my flesh here today. We got one person we're going to all pray for this week. We got one person that we're going to check on this week. And that same person we're going to encourage this week. Just think about the magnitude of possibility that hangs in the balance. So much greater things will happen. So many more greater things will happen. Can you stand to your feet? I want to try to end this today. I'm not going to have you sign a pledge card or anything to say I'm going to pray for anybody or any of that. Let you take it. Run with it. Run with this super simple thing, this super simple message. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the super spiritual component that hangs in the balance. Let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you so much for your people. Lord, we're thankful that you brought us all here today. You want to connect with us. And you want to get to us what we need. And you want to get us to where you're calling us to. And it's all possible in you. As we yield to you, Jesus, we just let your spirit take over our life. We don't try to figure it out. 
So, Lord, I pray today for everyone here and those watching online. That as we're all going to be prayed for, let each one not forget that. Let each person here know they are covered, they are lifted up in your name. And may we all go forth this week to live in the spirit of honest efforts, to be a prophet bringer of encouragement. God, surprise us. Use us even when we weren't thinking about it, but we'd open our mouth and we'd begin to be able to encourage somebody. The world's hurting. People are hurting. People are downtrodden. May we never underestimate the power of a simple encouragement. It could be the very thing they need to turn their life around. Help us to be that kind of people. This week we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.